Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back to episode 50 Uno 51 of the Have We Made It Yet podcast. Again, this is the podcast where two creatives and their guest talk about the process of making it. My name is Lucas Singh, the actor portion of this podcast, and I'm joined by my co-host. The co-host, uh, comedian portion of this podcast, uh, Josh Yang. That's that's my name. Nice, nice. And, um, you know... We're just going to get right into it because this is a really like monumental episode, in, in my opinion. And, and, I, and I think you'll probably agree with me, Josh. I do. I do. I absolutely agree. I agree with you 100% of the time, all the time. I'm batting at 100% with you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, th- I mean, I feel like we wouldn't be able to do a podcast without, you know, agreeing on most things. Wow. So. I don't, I'm not even at 100% with my girlfriend and I live with her. Well, well, you don't have a podcast with your girlfriend. So I feel like this relationship is you know a little bit more there's more at stake there's more at stake aside from half my shit yeah 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 we just get together for an hour a week and it's 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 pivotal it's pivotal it it is it is it's actually great for my mental health um but as is the namesake of this podcast as is tradition as is why we do the show Mm -hmm. mr josh yang the comedian mr josh yang and if you can answer again with a, uh, a a humorous remark. Yes. Mr. Josh Yang, have you made it yet? I have not made it yet. And in terms of humorous remarks, I feel like, you know, in general, I, I make humorous remarks, um, but I don't have a joke. Uh, I've, I've been catching up on a lot of uh, comedic podcasts, <laughs> uh, kind of seeing where things at. And, and I do want to bring this up in the sense that um, it seems like with a lot of comedians, you know, with lockdown and everything happening, um, things aren't opening up. It feels like now I just want to touch upon this in terms of comedians making it. It feels like now the world in the comedy world is descending upon Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the restrictions there are less stringent. Um, people there are, are just in general a little bit more open opened up so with like joe rogan as well going there moving his podcast there uh, dave Chappelle doing shows there recently as well and mm-hmm. then now it's just an exodus of comedians from la and new york now it seems like austin is now the epicenter of comedy uh if not in north america then like say the world right. potentially right mm-hmm. so I, I even know of a couple uh, Toronto comedians that decided to just go down to Austin because I I see them on their social media and it's like that's where the place to be is right now. Yeah. Um, to, for comedy, for that comedy scene because nowhere else is really doing comedy at, at, on a scale. Mm-hmm. So it seems like that's going to be an element where the Austin comedy scene is going to be the place where you 
you have a chance of making it outside of like New York and LA. So, you know, in the future, I mean, we were supposed to go to Austin earlier last year and I yeah. was, I wanted to do some open mics there. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, now it seems like in the future, Austin should be a trip for a lot of comedians because it, it, that's where, where all the big comedic uh, mm-hmm. players are now going. Yeah. 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 Dude, yeah. let's tear it up in Austin, Josh. Yeah, let's we gotta... take this podcast on the road. <laughs> oh, yo. Yeah. That would be kind of, that would be kind of be interesting. Maybe yeah. We can f- figure out to find somebody there. Um, yeah. But okay. That's, that's my spiel. Either way, hey, Lucas, I got to ask mm. you that question then. Have you made it yet? Uh, no. No. Not yet. You know what? I had a great realization today because this week has been a, a bamboozle of a week. Um, mm. You know, uh, unfortunately, like some people have had to call in sick at work and, and I work at a grocery store. So as a result, I've had to pick up a lot of their hours you know, it's not bad. I get to make more money and everything like that. And money as a performer and as an actor is, you know, very important because you need your side gig to fund your passions and your, and your creative projects. But, you know, I had a realization as I was like, they have this thing called spotting at every grocery store. It's basically when like the load of 300 pieces comes, but your potatoes, your onions, your, your big ass watermelons and all that stuff, you know, like heavy stuff. Right. So you got to, spot all those items which is basically carry all those items from the receiving end and then bring it to the cooler it's a long walk it's a it's a lot of muscle work and everything like that but i had a realization as i was doing this you know and this job has afforded me a lot of time to just think and reflect as i'm doing like mindless labor it's there is still honor and honest work Mm -hmm. so long as you're still pursuing what you like to do you know whatever you like to do make sure you put honesty in it because you know, everyone can have their passions and we can't always do our passions all the time, but make sure you still have honesty and integrity in everything that, that you do. Because at the end of the day, you know, I spotted 300 items and I got a good swole workout out of it, man. I felt good. Yeah. 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 So anyways, I haven't made it yet, but you know, on there and auditions are picking up again and I was memorizing lines as I was spotting things. So it felt good. Felt very good. Nice. That's, that's part of the, it's, you know, it's not all glamor. It's a uh, grocery sometimes in it's the, groceries. in the making it, making it world. And who doesn't need groceries? Who doesn't? I mean, if anything, we all, that's the only thing we're allowed to do. Groceries, <laughs> go get groceries. I'll see you at the grocery store. Yeah. Um, dude, we have a third panel today. We do have a third panel. Oh my God. Um, nothing, but like, like episode for episode 51 like this next guest though it's 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 kind of an odd story just because um i met him like a few years back almost like close to five years back now i remember um me and my friends we wanted to go to republic back in vancouver and uh through some odd circumstantial um thing in this world that just put our lives together uh our next guest was the one who, who hooked me and my buddies up he got us like a like a cool bottle of champagne and all that stuff. And, and you know, to this day, um, I, I still look back at that night and it's like, wow, just the people that you do meet in Vancouver are still really special too. So uh, flash forward to recently, within about like the last two years, um, I saw our guest start slowly building up and, and like making a name for himself in the acting game. 
and from then I, I just realized I had to get him on the show because just watching him from past interviews, he's incredibly honest with his craft, all the highs and lows and all the work involved in being great. He's incredibly generous and giving to me as I felt firsthand his generosity as he's answered my many acting questions about the acting game. His grit, authenticity, determination, and positivity, I'm sure will shine on through tonight as we talk to him later on in a second. He has appeared in numerous TV movies and Christmas movies, such as Mary Little, L-I-D-D-L-E, Christmas Wedding, alongside Kelly Rowland, and Disney's Upside Down Magic. You might know him best as the BET series regular, Agent Brian Rollins, in Tyler Perry's Ruthless. Please give it up for Jamie Calica. Hey. Hey. That was, that was, that was an intro right there. Yeah? Man. Dude. That was amazing. I need to add you to my PR team. That sounded beautiful. You know, I'd be honored to, Jamie. I'd be honored to, man. All right, we're gonna when we're done this year, I, I need you to redo my IMDB bios. That was that sounded wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. A lot of time work. I appreciate that. No problem, man. Um, as we start off with every episode though, Jamie, have you made it yet? Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. Uh, and I will have made it the day that my mom looks at me and says, okay, Jay, you've made it. There's like a bit of a joke, uh, you know, from, let's start from zero credits. Uh, okay. you book one, two, three, as you build. And as the roles went from very, very small roles to small, slightly less small to like medium to larger to leads and so on and so forth. <laughs> I always tell my mom first, and then we would always celebrate, whether it be a celebratory dinner or a celebratory bottle of wine, whatever it may be. And there'll be times, say, you know, say I book the job on a Monday, the Tuesday, hypothetically, uh, she said, she'll say to me, oh, I need you to come and help me do dot, dot, dot at the house. Oh. And I'll be like, oh, I don't want to rake. And she'd be like, You're, you haven't made it yet. You're not that big yet. <laughs> oh, okay, come, and, come and rake. Yeah, and yeah, I'll, yeah. And I'll go, and I go, but it'll be, it'll be a sweet moment the day that she just looks at me and goes, all right, you made it. Okay. So it'll, it, it's going to take her like it'll take her endorsement. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. No, that's that that sounds like a really kind of a, a touching moment cuz like we all wonder when we're going to make it. We have like goal posts ourselves that we kind of said it's nice for you to have that kind of sounding board where you can you trust the other person's opinion and it's like when they feel like something is is big, something has happened, something has changed, like they're able to like really get you to re like reorient where you are that's right. that sounds that sounds that's really beautiful to have yeah i'm looking forward to it <laughs> i'm really looking forward i'm tired of her telling me that I, i'm not there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for no other reason for some variety like i'm tired <laughs> tired of being put down <laughs> um not that big yet oh, all right mom all right all right i get it i'm not that big yet all right <laughs> man no, not too big enough to rake yet man mm, not... no, i'm definitely i'm still putting out garbage i'm still raking. you know just keeping you uh, humble, keeping you humble. That she does. Yeah. You have a mom from Trinidad. You know, if you have a West Indian mom, they don't play. We <laughs> have Asian. Same. You, you know, you guys have Asian moms. Like they're yeah. not playing. They love you, but they're like they're not letting you know they love you that much. They're just yeah. they're, they're okay with you thinking that they, like, sometimes they kind of don't like you. <laughs> yeah, it's West Indian moms, yo. Keeps you on your toes, man. Always. Yeah. Um, as a follow up to that, though, what would be your it in making it? Uh, be more specific. 
um in, in the acting game well like would you want to work with a specific director or oh, like a I, co-star yeah I, I i think for me there are um i have there's levels to that one for me hmm. um i've been playing the supporting lead in a lot of hallmarks and lifetimes you know i've been number three on the call sheet number four a bunch of times now over the last few years hmm. Um, so in that, like, if we were to call it lanes in that lane, one of number one and number two, which is going to happen this year, I can feel it. We're, mm. we're close. I will have made it in the Hallmark lifetime world. Okay. You know? Um, in television, it will be when I, whether I'm the title character, like number one, um, <laughs> or say number two, uh, one of the, like the show can't live without me characters <laughs> right, you know, right. on a successful show. Um, in television, I feel like I will have made it, uh, where it comes to feature films. Um, when I get to, you know, work with one of the, I really look forward to, for some people that want to work with like a bit, I want to work with Scorsese and Spielberg and, and the, you know, and Christopher Nolan, these big directors, of course, because the work that they put out, you know, typically, typically is quite good. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, it's less about just working with like a name director. I've worked with great directors to this day. Um, that I hope to continue to work with. Um, the one thing that I look forward by way of, of say, big feature films is uh, making a movie that stands the test of time. You know, mm. I want to make, I want to make my Dark Knight. You know okay. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to make my, you know, you know. Of course, you want. I, I would love to play the first Black Bond, but one, mm. if I can make one movie that people can watch in fifty years over and over and over then by way of that job, I will have made it in that lane. And if I am able to, you know, cultivate a career that I'm able to stay in my respective lanes, you know, Mm -hmm. being the lead of my hallmarks, having successful television shows and making movies that people continue to watch, Mm -hmm. I've made it. Dude, it really sounds like a legacy is really important to you then in terms of like finding content that stands the test of time. Yeah, I really, you know, I I was going to say something that that was going to, without without explanation would sound kind of pretentious but like i want i want calica to to stand the test of time mm. um but not just because i'm a dope not because i will be a great actor mm. I, I want it to be for like i want people to just be like that dude was kind you know mm. and you look at you look at bodies of work by certain actors and the ones that are truly beloved are the people that were just nice. Yeah. You know, like you look at, I'm not going to say the person that's not nice because I don't know that they're not nice, but like look at actor a whom puts out great work, but is, Mm -hmm. you know, just a great actor. And then Mm -hmm. look at actor B in like a Will Smith or the rock. And -hmm. they're just so beloved. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Cause you know, you could just see that dude on the street and of course, if you could penetrate like his layer of security, that he will take a photo with you. He will just like chat with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's that that I want to be my my legacy and say my passing was just, yeah, he made great movies, but like I remember that one time, you know, dot dot dot, and it's gonna be just like a story of kindness of, or trying to spread some measure of kindness. Because man, there's tons of, I say this all the time, there are tons of dope actors. There are tons mm-hmm. of pretty people. Like if you can be all that and have some substance, you're going to be memorable. Yeah. And that's what I strive for. Mm-hmm. No, I, that's 
That's but powerful. Like even I the story that. you said, you said you meant how many times have you been to a club, right? And my <laughs> club nights, again, not to be pretentious, my club nights did better than everybody else's club nights because <laughs> I genuinely cared about making sure the patrons had a good time. That was my mantra. Yeah. So if I saw, if it's raining out and it's my club night and I'm outside and I see a group of ladies because the security were just like holding the line. Mm-hmm. I would just go inside, grab an umbrella, bring it outside. Like I maybe I don't walk them right in. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I give them an umbrella so they stay dry. I give them my card and I say, hey, listen, next time, yeah. shoot me a text or a call. I'll put you on my guest list. And therefore, I can put you over here. I'll come outside and walk you in, so on and so forth. And they did. And from there, you know, every single Friday or Saturday, I built my business because of just simple kindness. Mm-hmm. You treat people nice. What are they going to do? You're going to go to the club that like they hold you outside in the rain, or you're going to go to the place that that person treats you nicely. Exactly. And I built my business on just like simple kindness. <laughs> yeah. No. You know? that, yeah. That's that sounds like a great approach because I feel like when it comes to comedians talking about making it right, there there are some that like mm-hmm. you can see that they're kind of in it for for you know try to get into the fame or they they think they're all that. But then there's another portion of the successful people who have a similar approach. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's that approach that helps you focus on what you need to do instead of like, you know, getting lost in the, in the glitz and the glamour. And it's like focusing on the craft, focusing yeah. on the passion. Right. Um, and it seems like, it sounds like you, you have that as well, that focus on understanding what your role is, what your job is, and really taking that kind of careful attention to detail to that. And I'm wondering, like, where do you find, where do you feel like you got that kind of sensibility, that approach to, you know, your work, your craft from? I'll I'll start by saying this. Don't get me wrong. Like my inner dialogue or the conversations I have with Argentina, my girl, Carla in Toronto, my boy, Birch, and my mom or my team Mm. is that I'm going to be the best and I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be big. But it's not fame for fame's sake. It's so that I have the, a greater platform to then mm. spread the yeah. kindness. You know what I mean? I want that too. But mm-hmm. any director or producer, there's people like, uh, if you look at, if you were to really dig deep into my, my work <clears throat> over the, or say the last three years, where I booked 30 credits, mm-hmm. there's like uh, my, my, one of my main directors, Michael Scott, I've done four, five movies with him, you know, um, huh producers galen and these some certain producers i've I've done they've cast me number of times like my body of work is kind of made up of like four directors and like four different producers that are like yo we love this guy (laughs) and directors and producers and networks want to work with people that they like that they can be around for 13 hours a day for however long you have to shoot then people that are like maybe as good an actor but like you that are trash that you can't stand being around (laughs) and i know that i know that like simple principle like if people want to be around you that you're gonna get the job you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So both my mom keeping me humble and then just the realization that I can do better in this business of people. Yeah, right. Entertainment business is a business of people. It, it really, you get to a point where everybody is like 88 to like 94% proficient as an actor. We can all deliver the lines relatively well. After that, it really boils down to like, who likes you as a person? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> as a person, <laughs> you know? And you look at actors in Hollywood, you know, that, I mean, I'm not trying to slander her here, but you look at Megan Fox and she did an interview, you know, how many of her years ago where she called, um, not Brockheimer, um, what's his name? Transformer. Um, uh, Michael Bay, I think. Michael Bay. Yeah. 
she said, you know, they were like, oh, what's it like working with Michael Bay? And she was like, oh, you know, he's intense. Da, da, da. It's kind of like working for Hitler. <laughs> That's a bad and, sound bite. <laughs> and they, they fired her. <laughs> they, yeah. You can't compare Michael Bay to Hitler and then think that they're going to keep you on that movie. And it yeah. took replacing her and her begging and all sorts of stuff. And her career's never really like gotten back to like mm. what it was doing before <laughs> that comment. And she was a lot to work with. You read articles about certain people and they're like a lot to work with. And then at some point, they're like, you're just not, it's just too much work. It's just not worth it. Not worth the headache, for it's sure. Not worth the headache. Yeah, um, de- definitely, man. And, and based on that, based on the question about your craft and everything, uh, I was watching an interview with you that you had mentioned earlier that earlier on in your acting career, you couldn't book a job to save your life, basically. And it wasn't within about like three years ago, three to four years ago that you made some adjustments in your life to really propel you to what we are seeing today. What was that turning point in your life that made you do those adjustments? I got cheated on by my ex-girlfriend. Oh, I'm sorry. Whoa. I'm not. I'm going to get an Oscar or an Emmy and against my PR team's like strong suggestion, I'm going to thank that cheating chick for doing that because that turned my whole life around. Whoa. <laughs> they're gonna be like, don't, Jamie, don't, like I'm with AGPR, Anderson Group, shout out Anderson Group. And they're gonna be like, don't do it. Don't say that on Kimmel. Just don't, please just don't. <laughs> and I'm gonna do it. I don't care. I'm going, I'm telling you guys right now, I'm going to do it because if that doesn't happen, maybe yeah. I get here, but it probably takes more time. <laughs> and basically I got cheated on and I started to assess I thought that I treated her really nicely. Mm. Like I thought I treated her well. And I think I did, but I wasn't perfect. And I, and I thought that I was, mm. and then I started to assess, okay, well, if you got that, that wrong, mm-hmm. what else could you be doing wrong in your life? Oh, okay. And then I was like, all right, let's, let's, let's look, let's look at how you, let's look at how you talk to your friends at times. Yeah. Mm. I'm a hothead. I'm a Scorpio. Fine. But do you have to talk? Like, they're not your kids. You have to talk. No. Okay. How patient are you with your mom? Time's Uh. not that patient. Okay. Okay. Uh, How entitled do you feel you are in this business because you're a handsome black guy and everybody keeps telling you that you're going to be a star because of your face? Mm -hmm. Feel pretty entitled. I feel like they should just be handing me stuff. Okay. Okay. How often are you running your lines in the car or in the room at that audition? Every single one. Every single one which means I'm not prepared. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not prepared. And, I, and, I, and in 20, the end of 2015, I realized that I was doing a lot wrong. Not not well, not, mm-hmm. not efficiently, like wrong. Yeah, okay. And in that, I had this epiphany and it was from t- basically tw- the end of 2015, early 2016, that in embodying that I needed to work harder, smarter, faster, than everyone else in the business and moreover on myself that's when mm-hmm. i started to book work but prior to that like much like you just said uh you know i booked when i first started uh signed with my agent uh-huh. and the, i signed on a wednesday and then on excuse me went in for the meeting they love me i love them cool so mm-hmm. on thursday i get my first audition which is friday okay. first two excuse me both of them I got put on hold for. I was shortlisted for both of them. And I swear to you, I like God is my witness. I, I, was t- I told every one of my friends, I'm going to be an A-list celebrity in no time. <laughs> in no time, okay? Uh-huh. My first two auditions, I got shortlisted for. 
I booked neither of them. And then it took a year of auditioning like five to seven times a week before I got my first job. Now, that would normally be a bad statistic by itself. It gets worse. My next booking was a year to the day later. Wow. So in my first three years, because it's really what you've quantified is like, I started, took a year, took another year. First three years, I had two credits. I mean, it's a long game. It wasn't good. Uh God damn. But at least you still have patience. Because I mean, I know many people that would have given up. Yeah, no, I didn't have, I'll tell you that. I did not have patience. What I had Hmm. was perseverance. Hmm. Um, I had... I had at the time, not even nearly as much as now, the, the desire because mm-hmm. I was in business. I, I had amassed, you know, I had a few stores um, downtown. I had some real estate. So from a business perspective, I was doing quite well. And I just yeah. woke up this one day, I woke up and I was like, I want to act. Mm-hmm. So I sold, I spent a year to sell everything through 2012. So 2013 is like when I start, uh, it, was a, it was the most stressful year of my life. Uh, I, so I had sacrificed a lot. You know, my mom right. left her job to come and work with me, you know, which makes her self-employed, which my goal is to retire her. So she just, she's an accounting, she would do all the books and the scheduling, do a lot. She was monumental in my business. But when you work for yourself, so in selling the business, she had to go back and like work for someone. And that was hard. Right. That, that sucked for me to do that to her. Mm-hmm. So I had, I had sacrificed a lot of comfort in the in, in my life to pursue this, pursue this goal of like being an actor. So mm-hmm. after three years, you only have two bookings, but you've auditioned hundreds of times. It was, it was really like a, you got to keep going, dude. You, you can't turn back now. Yeah. W- which leads me into my next question that I really want to ask you about your, your, your self-determination really. So like from seeing many different interviews with you, like your ability to listen and to be keenly aware of your purpose is something that I, you know, really admire about you. Um, for example, like you already said, you understood that your former business was not fulfilling the why in your life. So instead you pursued acting and that has not totally fulfilled the why from interviews that I've seen from you. Cause your, your thing is more about, you know, exuding positivity and, and, and being nice and acting as a form of that. Um, but so yeah, you pursued acting and I'm just wondering how have you managed to build that trust within yourself and to listen to what your heart says instead of what is more practical? Um, part, that's a dope question. Cause hmm. uh, I'm pretty, okay. How do I say this? Uh, so it sounds more helpful than the way I'm thinking. It. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of people um, will never reach their max potential because they simply don't try. Mm-hmm. And I was at a barbecue with one of my, my buddies and his dad was there. He's an old school dude from the South in the States. And he, we're, at, we're all at the table. We're getting drunk. Middle of the day, summer, a couple of years ago, <laughs> three years ago. And he came over just randomly. It, it was like a, he was just dropping off a nugget. <clears throat> yeah. And he said, he just walks over and he goes, ah, he's drunk too, right? Old guy, old, old black man with lots of, like lived a lot of life. He just walks over and he goes, you know, whatever, anything that's going wrong in your life, that's your fault. And then just walked away. And I was like, I was kind of harsh. I was a downer. Like we were listening to music, we're drinking. It was a great time. Uh-huh. And you know, I thought about that for like three days straight. Three days. Mm. It was like the only thing, like a girl called me, want to hang out? I'm like, nah, I'm thinking. Like I, that's all I thought about for three days. And he mm. was right. Mm. 
he was right because we have the capacity to change it. But most often people don't. They simply yeah. choose not to. They're complacent hmm. in their own, I won't say failure, but in their lack of successes. Okay. Because hmm. we are all pretty much born, I would say, with the equal opportunity, barring, say, mental or physical, extraordinary mental or physical disabilities, right? Which may hinder you. If you're in a wheelchair and you want to play in the NBA, it's not going to happen for you, unfortunately. But barring something that is uh, like of that nature, most mm -hmm. often people will limit themselves and their own potential greatness because they're too afraid to start, to try. Right. So for me, once I decide that I'm going to do something, I just don't stop until I do it. Wow. Mm. And, I'm, okay. and so on my Ask Jay a Question Day Wednesday or on the internet and DMs or whatever, whatever, I get hundreds a day, okay? And, and mm. I look forward to when it's thousands a day, but I try to answer as many of them as possible. But people say, what keeps you so positive and motivated? And I say a goal. Now, mm. it's not, what happens with a lot of people is this. You become dissatisfied with the thing that you got that you wanted. So you wanted that X3 BMW. Right. Mm -hmm. And you saved and you saved and you saved and you saved. You got your credit score up. You did whatever you had to do. You, built, you paid your debt down. Then you get the mm -hmm. X3, but now you're on the road and all you see is the X5, like the big brother. <laughs> and now you want yeah. the X5. Mm -hmm. You just got the X3 that you wanted for like two years, but now you want the X5. It's all you right. see on the road. So now, now you open that account, that account, and you start putting 100 bucks a week or whatever it is because you want to get that X5. What happens is you're never satisfied. You get that house. You went from renting, you buy the condo. Oh, now you want a townhouse. No, now you want a house. You're never satisfied. For me, I will set new goals the second I, I accomplish my goal, but it's never the same. And that's been important for me. So I will say I want to be number three on a hallmark. I accomplished that goal. Now it's I want to read five books this year. It's, a, it's an unrelated uh, goal. Hmm. I want to take – after that, it's like I want to take my mom to Italy. After yeah. that, it's like I dot, dot, dot. So that it's uh -huh. not all about just re-upping on the thing that you wanted. You have to enjoy it. And when I booked mm -hmm. my first series regular role, I prayed on it, right? I prayed yeah. and I prayed and I worked hard my whole career to become a series regular. I booked, mm -hmm. I started doing all this press. And they said, what's yeah. next for you? And I was like, nothing. I want to enjoy this. Mm -hmm. I want to enjoy, I, all I wanted, all I asked God for was this role. Yeah. Why would I yeah. then be like, oh, I want to go and like, I want to be a superhero now. No, 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 man. Like, I want to, I want to enjoy this. I want season two of this. I want season three of this. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I didn't ask for anything no, where it came to TV. I haven't, I haven't prayed on yeah. that. It was like, okay, cool. In the movie, uh -huh. in the movie realm, in the earnings department, other areas, fine. But like, it, I, I, I asked for that. Mm -hmm. And, and oh, a lot yeah. of times people will, if you want to be a painter or a dentist or an engineer, whatever it may be, you know, the excuse will be, well, you know, I have bills to pay. Everybody has bills to pay. Listen, man, like I had mm -hmm. to, I, I, I didn't, I couldn't afford a car. My ex-girlfriends had to drive me around. I had to borrow my mom's car. I was a grown adult mm -hmm. and I couldn't afford a car because I'm doing background work. I'm bartending. I was a terrible bartender, but I made the necessary <laughs> sacrifices so yeah. that every penny I made, I continue, continue could, could continue to like at least pay my mortgage on my house and I mm -hmm. could, you know, have some food um on the table but i made the necessary <laughs> sacrifices and a lot of people aren't willing there to make are, the necessary man. sacrifices then you and then you live a life that's 72 percent. you never reach your potential because you were never like willing to just try never willing to just start mm -hmm. and tell people all the time just start just try i'll give you one more yeah. just on this while we're here 
I always say this. Oh yeah, yeah, please. Imagine, imagine if your dream, right? And I and I wrote it beautiful. I I, sh I should almost just read it. But imagine mm -hmm. if your dream was on the other side of a large body of water, right? What okay. looks like the horizon, okay? Mm -hmm. And if I told you, as long as you kept swimming, mm -hmm. you would never drown. Yep. And you would accomplish the goal. You would get to the other end of the ocean, the other side. You will reach the horizon where the ocean and the, and the sky meet. You will get there, but you just have to keep swimming. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be fast. Just keep swimming. <laughs> but if you stop even for a minute, the, the strong current will pull you back to the shore. You will mm -hmm. then look at how much further you have to go because you've just been swept back and you will stop. What would mm -hmm. you do? You would never stop swimming. Right. Mm. But you had to get in the water. Yeah. And most people think mm. when I tell that story, they go, oh, OK, keep swimming, keep swimming. I'm like, no, no, no. Get in the water. Most people will never get in the uh -huh. water. I had to sell four yeah. businesses and all my real estate just to get in the water. <sighs> I hear you. You know what I mean? It's the initial sacrifice that you have to do to get wet, man. Yeah, yeah. get wet. And don't, and, no, and don't, not wet with like a wetsuit and a life jacket and all that stuff. Man, with no swimming lessons, get in the water. Yeah. I just told you're not going to drown. You cannot drown. Just get mm -hmm. in the water and then start swimming and you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Yeah. I love that story because at the same time, it kind of resonates with me. Like I left a full-time secure job and everything like that because I realized that it wasn't for me. And then I essentially quit my job to work at a grocery market to now fund this acting adventure that I'm on. And it's terrifying at times, like the swimming that you do, it's terrifying, but you realize that there is something beyond the horizon that is there. And it's a lot more closer in line with your goals than what was formerly your former life. 100%. Yeah. And really I truly I what I've found is if you're trying at the thing you love, it's more fulfilling than not trying at that thing you hate. It's mm. Totally, totally. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, mm -hmm. I even, I tell, I tell a lot of people, you know, that have been acting longer than me. I'm like, you didn't do any background work. Oh, okay. Like the amount that I learned in background uh, or standing. Yeah. Okay. Right now I'm on a show right now. that got cast. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the, was it the script supervisor or was it? No, no, no. It was B camera operator came up to me and he was, and he said, I did something and, and then we cut and it was in between. We're going to go to the net. We're going to do it again. And he said, Hey, have you ever like operated a camera? Have you ever been like on the crew side? And I said, no. He's like, man, your technical knowledge is pretty high. And I said, yeah, like when I started, I did a lot of background. I stood in a bit because that's all the stuff they don't teach you in class. <laughs> and, I, and I, and it was, and we were talking, cause what basically what happened is we were, we were shooting the scene. And so, you know, it was my, it was my coverage. The camera's facing me <laughs> and she's here and she was in the way like she overshot her mark a bit <laughs> and was so therefore is blocking the camera blocking the light and all i did was i just put all my weight on my left hip to find uh, the light and the lens yeah. i can feel it i don't have to look at it. i can feel it. it's a big camera it's a big red camera like you know what i mean but this <laughs> this means we don't have to go again staying here means we do mm. right little technical things I love so you gotta yeah. like you gotta work at your thing to mm -hmm. be the best at it but but you will as long as you're working at that thing, whatever it is, you will yeah. you will accomplish your goal. You will hundred percent will accomplish your goal. Exactly, and, and that leads me again to I, I love these segues because this is flowing so smoothly. Um, I was watching your self tape for uh, Agent Brian Rollins there that you posted up on Instagram. Yeah. Incredible self tape, just Thank because 
like, yeah, it was lit incredibly well. Your delivery, your scene partner was great too. Um, what I loved about the most was it really brought me into the scene and it, it just made me really feel as if I was in the scene and to the point where you were just really listening, listening to your scene partners so that her words affected you, even though you knew her lines probably too, right? Um, if I could ask, and I think it's an issue for me or for many different actors too, do you have any tips on genuine listening? Um, that's a great, great question. Um, that's a problem for both for the acting and I'll touch on that, which I'll come back to that, but people in humans typically don't mm -hmm. listen. They wait to talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I, like I said earlier, I'm a bit of a hothead. I can like, so I, my, my original aspiration was to go to law school. I want to be a lawyer because I'm a great, great arguer. Okay. Mm. I love arguing. I just love it. I shouldn't, but I'm petty and I love arguing. I want to be right. I want to win. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Yes. It's actually so ridiculous, but I don't care. I, I'm who yeah. I am. <laughs> hey, that, that would make you a great comedian as well. A lot of comedians is like law. You got to understand your argument. You got to be able to like dissect where people are coming from, the, the crux of the problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when I, that, that's all, that's kind of been a thing for me with people, especially when I would be arguing, say with like an ex-girlfriend that they were just waiting. <laughs> and I'd be like, yo, just, can you just let me say, like, listen to me so, versus just sitting there fuming, ready, waiting to talk. So when I started acting or started acting, when I, when I had my little, the breakup, the cheating on situation and I, and I was starting to pull things from my, okay, what nugget do I got to take from this class? What do I got to take from here? What do I got to do everywhere? That was one thing that yeah. hit me. I was like, oh, you're listening. And I, and I remembered once in class, you know, Jeb Beach, my, my acting, my, my, my coach, he said, mm -hmm. if you do nothing in an audition room, but, but affect the reader, you've succeeded. So if you mm -hmm. throw them off, if they get so drawn in where you're saying all your stuff and they're just like, oh, um, but Johnny, and you've affected them, mm -hmm. you've won. And every arc of a scene goes win, lose, win, lose, win, or lose, win, lose. So at some point, as long as you get that win back from that reader, mm -hmm. you've, you've won that audition. You've impressed casting, you've impressed the producers. Right. And that really requires oftentimes listening, active listening. Mm -hmm. And I say the best actors in the world, you look at the Don Cheetos and the Matt Damons and the Denzel Washingtons and the, and the Viola Davises and it's in their, it's in their eyes, right? It's, okay. There's mm -hmm. a depth to their there's a depth to the scenes through their eyes. Yeah, of course, delivery and, and, and character creation and all these very, and writing has <laughs> helped their careers drastically, but through their eyes. And I, yeah. and I, and I realized that pretty quickly that oftentimes when we're most impacted, they're not speaking. True. So okay. when I started to really actively listen and I started to be put on hold or book work, I realized that, in some of my auditions, some of my best auditions are when my character doesn't have a ton of dialogue mm. and the other side does. And, and you have to still keep them captivated by just how you actively listen. Mm. And, I, and, you know, I, I'm looking into the lens. I don't know if, I, if it reads or not on this, on this, my computer here, but it would, no matter what it is, it, I'm, I'll be here and I'm staring at my reader and, and I'll allow moments where if they say something that's insightful to be like, and then you come back and it's about like really, really organically hearing what they're saying for yes. the first time. 
Mm-hmm. If you're hearing it for the first time, you're never going to step on them yeah. because you're not waiting to talk. Unless it's written that you're supposed to cut them off, but if you're actively listening to what they say and you, and then you, the performer, hear, like hear it for the first time, mm-hmm. then imagine what the what when you go to speak, what that's going to sound like. It's going to or what it's going to look like. It's going to be beautiful, right? Yeah. Like, in, and speaking to the the audition, one of the one of the parts that I love about my audition for Ruthless was. She says, well, we did, we, you know, we did um, whatever in college and man, you'd swear that was the first take. You'd swear I'd never heard that line before. Mm-hmm. I, I might've only done one or two takes before that, but in my face, I'm like, we were in college. Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing. PCT, yeah. you're a grown adult. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if I'm waiting, just if I'm in my head, I'm just waiting to go, we were in college. It's not the same. It's, you're not going to get all the like, we were in, co- you're not going to get the same delivery of that line that you might've already said 50 times. You know what I mean? It, yeah. was, it was the listening, the actual mm-hmm. waiting to hear it for the first time that made that line sound good, which then drew you in yeah. to the performance. Cause you're like, Oh, yo. And that was my favorite line in that whole audition. I think that booked me the job right it, there, that line. Amazing. Cause definitely. Yes. That line, because within that split, maybe one second to half a second, it's years of history that you're probably replaying in your head as, as the performer or as, as the character there. So, and, and yes, I just love those pauses because you actually let it affect you, or at least that's yeah. how I perceived it. 100%. It was beautiful. Like I've been, my, my boy Birch, he's on his come up and I, and I, and I, and I, 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 I you know, I'll say I taught him, you know, off the top, I'll say, listen, build in just a couple of beats. Mm. A lot of times, you know, we get, whether we're in the room or in a tape, and I'll tell you, you and any other actors watching just you don't have to start talking right away in, in real life it never really goes like that you know what i mean it's okay to whether you walk into the scene or if you start the scene it's okay to kind of just be like uh so look um i like you versus i like you like rolling i like you it's okay to just allow your body to like feel for where like uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I know we've been, I know we've been friends for a long time, but I remember the first line is, I like you, but you can do that. They're not going to, you're not going to not yeah. get the job because you put a piece of like ad lib on it to make it more believable. Right. Right. So that's like another little nugget in, in just allowing, allowing your character to, character to just breathe a bit. Don't, don't rush it. Yeah. You want to stick to what they've written because oftentimes it's written it's written the way it's written for a reason that's gone up. Like a writer wrote it, they bought it. Uh, the, the producer, like the network, Mar Vista or Disney, whoever has now hired a, a, a supervisor mm-hmm. and that goes up. Now you have like staff writers and then like the head of creative reads it and goes, all right, cool. Let's send this out. Like a lot of people touch that. So don't change the whole script, but yeah. if you know, if you, if you have moments where you could build in so, a certain little je ne sais quoi to like make it yours, it stands mm-hmm. out. Yeah, love no, that. I, I agree wholly with that. And like, you know, I hear a lot in terms of actors is like acting is a good portion, reacting, acting is reacting. 100%. And it's it's that element of like understanding um, when something is feels right. And then like when you when you coming in, you nail that rhythm, you nail that that like, you know, in comedic terms or whatever, like the punchline. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And like for in terms of comedy, 100 percent, that's like if anything, most of it is reacting because whatever you say, you you can only react to what the audience gives you. If the audience laughs at your joke, then you take that and then you you can play with it. Or if they don't laugh with the joke, then you got to somehow uh, 
get them back with some other right. stuff. So it's like, that's all acting, reacting. Um, I'm wondering then uh, in terms of like how you try to embody like your roles and like keep that through line. Do you, do you have um, kind of an approach to how you get into that emotional center of your characters to make sure that you're reacting consistently to make sure that what you're doing is, is the most accurate portrayal? Yeah, you know, I, that's a dope question. So in one of my very first classes with, with my guy, Jeb Beach, he, uh, he got up on a chair, <clears throat> just like a normal plastic chair, and he was sitting, he had his feet like on the chair, and he was sitting on the back, and he his, his shoes are off, he's in his socks, and he's eating an apple. So we all did the scene one time, he talks a little bit, then we, you know, you do it a second time. So he's eating this apple, I've told this story a million times, but I love it, and he said, like, I don't like going to a lot of these actor like functions and red carpets, because they're just like, everybody's like speak like all the, the whole conversation is like oh what are you busy what have you booked is your agent who are you with again and they're and they're so precious they and thou he's like listen listen people it's not that precious it's not that precious <laughs> yes you have to respect the craft you have to put the work in he's like but listen yeah they're paying us a ton of money to do what children every day everywhere do for free you're pretending you're yeah. playing dress up you're playing dress up on tv it's not that precious okay it's not that precious. So when you're sitting there and you're writing a million notes on your paper and you're brah, he's like, it's not that precious. Think about it. How does a lawyer speak? How does doctor stand? How does priest deliver? How does teacher? It's like, yes, you have to have a thousand languages. The, an example, if you think about someone standing at a crosswalk and they're, light, and they're waiting for the, the turn, the signal to change from the hand to, to, to walk. There's three people. You have a courier, you have a lawyer, uh, business person, and you have a mom with a stroller, parent with a stroller. The courier, bike delivery person, didn't have the bike. He's just kind of balancing the pedals just enough to not have to take his feet off because the second the, the light is yellow, he's not even waiting for the hand. He just kind of like looks quickly and he's across the street. He has deliveries to make. The business person is holding their Blackberry. They're just on their phone. They look up, they see walk. They just walk off the off sidewalk and they just walk through the road they never even look up they just walk they just trust no one's gonna hit them the, the parent with mm. the stroller it says walk they look left and right before they walk off that corner they check again for the safety of their <laughs> child and then they cross the street yeah. as quickly as possible from point a to point b languages you gotta have a thousand languages ready to go it's pretty pragmatic so for me i body daily what it is to be bartender you know, what do they yeah. do? They roll up their sleeves. Hey, how you doing? What can I get you? You wipe down, blah, blah, blah. You might have a towel over your arm. You come over to do the bill. I've been out a million times. How does teacher mm -hmm. talk? How does lawyer talk? How does dentist talk? So on and so forth. If you have all those things kind of ready in your toolbox, when you get the audition, now you're just memorizing lines because then you get to stand there and just like do the thing that you've already thought about a million times. So mm -hmm. I, you, if you're with me in public, it's kind of annoying because I'm always just looking at people and I'll look at the table and I'm like, what does this dude do? You're in red bottoms at Earl's, which means you are dumb because you're trying to show off. It's not your girl. You're trying to impress her. You brought her to Earl's in red bottoms. Why are you wearing red bottoms? Okay. I'm like, all right. So he made 100 grand. Okay. All right, cool. I got that. 
and I'll, and I'm, and I'm, and I just, and I just brought his language in and I'm going to get an audition with that guy. And I'm going to know what, I'm going to know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Cause I thought about it. I think about it. Or when I watch TV and movies. So that was the most long winded way to get to what you've asked, which is by the time I get a character or the audition and I book it, a lot of times we don't get a ton of time before we get to set. You know, I might book something on Wednesday if it's a Hallmark set and we're on camera. I might, I'm, I'm, I'm on set on like Monday. So you kind of almost have to stay ready in your languages. Um, but if not, the piece of advice is to pragmatically think about how, how those people exist in the real world. Mm. Just imagine that. I think that's the best piece mm-hmm. of advice that I could give it. You know, I played a pastor in a movie, uh, My Mom's Letter for Heaven, and the child's mom passes away. And I play this pastor, I go to the hospital for like last rites, you know, to pray over them. Mm. Um, how, does a, how does a pastor, at which, you know, at what speed and cadence would a pastor speak? Mm-hmm. It's not to be somber, it's, it's joy, but it's not lawyer. It's not your honor. I, I stand here before you, your honor. No objection. It's not anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you have to have those on standby. Otherwise, you're yeah. going to spend too much time trying to create cop. You're going to. It's going to take you too long to create FBI agent. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Have those yeah. thousand languages, and you'll be all right. That's truly the thing, though. As an actor, as a performer, you need to people watch. And I feel that with your with your languages, it's it's the language of everyday life. You see it but you don't see it if you don't look. And that's what I feel like you've, you've clearly done that. And it's continual homework that I'm sure you're doing continually to this day. hundred percent. Awesome. Yeah. And I, and I, I've, I'm really fortunate that like in my very short career, you know, you look, I, I've, I've only played like one role two times. Like I was a cop in almost human and I play an FBI agent in, in ruthless. <laughs> um, but other than that, man, my, my whole resume it's very diverse and I feel very fortunate because especially in a market like Vancouver pre COVID, you know, a lot of people, their whole resume is the exact same thing. You know, you're a soldier, you know, you're a teacher, you're an assistant, you're the same thing. And I'm not, I'm not knocking people's body of work. I'm just, I'm thanking God for the fact that I was able, I've been, I played a doctor, I played a writer, I played a lawyer, I played, and it's been very, very diverse. Yeah. But when you watch them, someone, a friend of mine's wife saw me at the gym the other day and, and she came <laughs> up to me, and she's not one of these very like she's not she's not the person that gas you up. You know, some people are like, oh my god, you're so great, I love you so much. She's not Simona's not that person. Shout out Simona. Okay. And she came up to me, she goes, Hey man, I, I watched um I watched Love is a piece of cake. We play Howard. I play like this high energy kind of nerd, not full-blown nerd, but like he's he has he's nerd-esque. <laughs> and which is actually me. Um and she said, Listen, I watch all those hallmarks, I've seen a bunch of your movies. She goes, I actually have a couple friends that are actors. But when I watch them act, I, it's just them. I see them doing the thing. But when I watch you, I forget that it's you. I, I, I started the movie knowing it was you. But as I watch, it felt like uh-huh. Howard. And when you're in Merry Little Christmas, you feel like Julian. And when you're at, on Ruthless, you feel like Brian, Agent Brian Rollins. And it's only mm-hmm. when I kind of step back and I'm like, oh, my God, that's my friend Jamie. And, I, and she's like, I just have to tell you that. And I was like, oh, yo thank you that was so that was a really 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 dope comp- compliment uh-huh. because for me that's mission accomplished yeah 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 there's so many actors that play one note and they might play that one note very well good for them but <laughs> you know i want to i want to have that daniel day lewis type of you know variety where we're casting and producers say you know like the other day a casting director told my agent that i was a chameleon they're like he can play anything 
Mm. One casting director had me going out for a 45 year old something and another role that I was like in college. And they were like, Jamie can do it. He can play. He just, is he available? And they're like, nah, he's not yeah. available. Oh, <laughs> you know, Dude, you know, versatility. That's versatility, awesome. Versatility is important. And of course, yeah. if, if that's not your lane, that's okay. Like if you, if you, if your role, if your lane is playing the brawny soldier or like the geeky assistant sidekick, whatever it may be, then cool. Play that, right? Like win in your lane. Yeah. Um, but then at that point, your team's not going to be sending you the auditions for all these various roles. They're only going to send you those for like your lane, right? So. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. Got to take the risk to expand, uh, expand your, uh, what is it? Your, yeah, not verse, not just versatility, but your, your scope, your, yeah. your if ability. You want. Yeah. 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 I mean, it makes you a bit, it makes you more a well-rounded performer. Your you know your access to roles are potentially can be more fulfilling. Like yeah, yeah. You look at Mahershala. You look at all these people that you know yeah. they can play. They're they're such great performers that they can really they can play anything and will believe it because they're, mm-hmm. they're like they're really great actors. Viola Davis can yeah. play. I, I I look for Shailene Woodley. Like there's a bunch of these women. Emily Blunt. Like. You watch them and they can they can be cutesy, they can be sexy, they can be pretty, they can be smart, they can be badass, they can be soft, they can be meek, they can be like abused, and you're just like, holy, what can you not do, Emily Blunt? <laughs> yeah. You know? I know. What can you totally. not do, Viola Davis? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is nothing. Awesome. They can do everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's what um, I'm talking about. Dude, you're you're killing it though. Yes, again, a, a testament to your to your craft and your dedication. Just because the eclectic nature of your whole portfolio, man. Keep it up, man. It's awesome. Um, also, just to almost just to wrap it up here with this last question. Uh, you know, we're living in unprecedented times right now. You know, we're underneath still a lockdown. There's a pandemic still raveling right now. Um, as an artist, what does being an artist mean to you right now? It, I, you know, right now, I think it means a lot more than ever before. I, hmm. I'm able to, I, I've been fortunate that I, last year I, I, I made, I, I did a couple, I did, you know, we got our season two of Ruthless. Yeah. I was on Nancy Drew for a little couple episode arc. I did what, five or six movies and um, my first Upside Down Magic, the, my first Disney movie came out yeah. last year and, <laughs> and it just got moved to Disney Plus. Um, yeah. So I was really fortunate that basically almost weekly if not every other week there was something that i was able to give the world to watch to entertain them in this time of unprecedented time mm-hmm. in our generation of just being locked in your house yeah you know we've never needed fresh content more than right now when you can't just go to like the open gym and play ball you you know a lot of places gyms are closed you can't mm-hmm. you know restaurants and lounges and clubs and all the things that you that one might have done to, to have fun are, are closed so you know, being able to provide people with a, a source of, of entertainment and, and, and maybe even just like a, like a little, like a nickel worth of, of pleasure yeah. in their afternoon or, or evening yeah, uh, makes me feel uh, like really happy, you know, Amazing. Like it brings me joy when people watch these, these movies or t- television shows with them and they DM me or message me wherever and say man like I, I was having a terrible weekend and then i and i watched your movie and it like for those two hours it made me feel i, I forgot about covid <laughs> like ah mission accomplished that's the yeah. way man yeah that's so, the way so it's, it's, it's extra special right for me right now yeah. extra special for me right now amazing awesome let's 
give it up for Jamie Calica here. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. Um, are you good if we go for a word association right now? Let's do it. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Josh, All right. Explain it. Yeah, for sure. So to our uh, any of our new listeners, usually at the end of our uh, podcast, we like to play this game, a uh, word association game, kind of as a palate cleanser. You know, we've been talking some uh, deep, deep uh, technical stuff, kind of heady emotional stuff. Now we just want to like get a sense of like what's your your subconscious telling you, uh, uh, Jamie. <laughs> so uh, we basically, uh, I have ten words, Lucas has ten words, right. and we're gonna go through it um, where like I'll say a word, and then you with like your head clear you know, it's open, whatever your initial reaction is, or like what your association with that word is, uh, you say it, and then we'll go okay. word for word and then see what happens. And then Lucas will have his 10 words. I gotta also try to keep it PG. <laughs> oh, don't. Well, I mean, you could, you could uh, keep it not PG. You could, you could go hard R. It's like, to be honest, like we, we haven't really established, you know, uh, we just have it unrated. Yeah, it's, uh, cool. it's like people swear, we swear, you know, it's all, all right, good. Cool, cool, cool. All good. All right. Okay, so I'll, I'll start. I'll start first with my ten, then Lucas. So, Jamie, clear your mind. Everything's open. First word is family. Mom. Pineapple. Not on pizza. Rain. Vancouver. Alone. Sucks. Motivation. Family. Kumquat. What's a kumquat? <laughs> it's a fruit. Kumquat. Oh, I've never had it. Sounds naughty. <laughs> Mountain. Too high. Tightrope. Scary. Satisfied. Boobs. Wow. Boobs. Where did that? I do love boobs, though. I really do. Hey, I, I feel like we can we can all agree. I think we can agree there. Uh, and finally, ending. Grandchildren. Ooh, ooh, that's an interesting. We haven't had that before. Oh, do you want do you want to elaborate? Like ending grandchildren, like that's the legacy element. Is like you know what? That's I, that's you know, it. Once you got I, it. I went. I went like the last couple. I had a couple weeks, and I, I'll be talking to Arj, and she'd be like, "You think these thoughts daily?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I've been thinking about dying, not, not like in a bad way, like yeah, yeah, thinking yeah. about when I die, hopefully in like 50 years. And I'm, I, I'm, and for two weeks I've been thinking, I've been envisioning what it looks like. And it's like, it's like, I'm in bed and it's a regal, it's a, I'm in like the Cal Calica castle, Calica manor and, and like yeah. all of my kids and like the grandkids and cousins yeah. and all there. And they're like holding my hand and, and I have like a sexy, large breasted nurse just putting like ice chips in my mouth. Um, and my, my wife hates it, but like she's getting old, so she just doesn't shut it down. And like, and, I, and everybody's there. And then I like die like peacefully in my sleep. And then mm-hmm. I just like wake up with my granny and like Michael Jackson with Jesus. And it's just like, ah, Lord, thank you for giving me 90 years. But the grandchildren are also kind of older. And I, and I, I, and it's funny enough because I envisioned them being around like 25 years old oh. and 25 was before 2019 was my favorite like e- uh, year of my life. Like it was just a great year, mm. like money and my relationships and like my car, everything, everything. It was, 25 was a great year. And for whatever reason, as I 
picture me in this bed in this like omniscient view, like this bird eyes view. My grandkids are 25. They look 25. So mm. in the end, I hope to have my whole family and my grandkids. Yeah. Wow, that was, that was a whole that was a whole fucking pilot episode, is what that right? was. That was a whole, and then it's like yeah, it's just you in heaven. Yeah, we start my whole movie, <laughs> dude. I'm writing a script right now. I had to start a new one where my movie starts with me on that deathbed. Yeah, I think I might have to like, add that scene to this this feature I'm writing. Nice, That's nice. Not, yeah, it'll be dope. <laughs> wow, you know what? That's a first for for our podcast. We haven't had uh, our word associations uh, kind of expand to that level there so that's great that's great mm-hmm. brothers deep yeah Love yeah. It. yeah from boobs to that nothing else man i'm versatile exactly <laughs> fucking chameleon right here man right? Yeah. <laughs> all right you ready for the next 10 let's go <clears throat> all right all right all right zen space feel loose man. loosen up all right, all right first word of 10 janet jackson my lover. Nice. Plan B. There is no plan B. Love it. Why? Do you say Hawaii or why? Oh, why? Oh, for my mom. Which brings me to my next word. Mom. Best. <sighs> nice. Next one. Tyler Perry. My guy. Nice, nice. Purpose. Kindness. Nice. Vancouver. Miss Toronto. Toronto. Home. This is bizarre. Next word, home. Toronto. And the last one, Jamie. Legend. There we are. There it is. Give it up for Jamie Calica. Oh my. Killing it, killing it. There we are. Uh, Where can people find you? What are your handles? So both Instagram and Twitter are at my name, J-A-I-M-E-C-A-L-L-I-C-A. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything is just at my name. I love my name a lot. So at Jamie Calica is where you can find me um reach out send me a dm a tweet whatever i try to respond to a lot of most of them um Mm -hmm. i love when people actually it's it's cool because i you know it's one i know you want to wrap it up but like one of the one of the things that's funny is that i from small i always wanted to like i I was like oh i'm gonna be a star one day right like my Mm -hmm. your my autobiography from grade three like how much life have i lived (laughs) writing an autobiography Whoa. That a star is born. I always knew that it would be my thing. And I've always, it was just like in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's crazy because while it's the single thing that I've wanted my whole life, like to get to that, 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 that pinnacle, the top of the mountain. Yeah. As it's happening, I, I don't realize that it's happening. It, it, I feel like I'm so focused on the work and just like keeping my head down. Mm-hmm. I don't interfere with anybody. I don't, I don't, go after no dudes girl like i'm just over here trying to like work hard and just win outwork yeah. everybody Out, my saying is never let them outwork you I'm, I'm outworking everybody and everybody else is being affected by what they're calling celebrity and i'm like and people will dm me and i'll reply because mm-hmm. like isn't that the point of a message and <laughs> mm. and they'll be shocked dude like 
they they're they're utterly surprised. They screenshot it. They they post it on their story or on their feed. They tag me like tears, and I'm like, look look what look at the essence of what I just did is exactly what we're talking about. I I replied to a DM and it made their whole <laughs> you know mm. day week month, and I know. It's yeah. like it's like Kim Kardashian 10 years ago. Like that's me today. You know, people in a year or three or five are gonna look back because yeah, at some point I'm gonna have a million, then I'm gonna have 10 million, a hundred million of whatever it is. And I'm not gonna be able to reply to every comment like I can now. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. to on every DM like I can now. Yeah. But people that I like early day like fans um, mm-hmm. are are gonna have those nuggets. And I look forward to someone in say three or five years when I'm really big sending me like a little screen grab or a message being like, man, do you remember like five years ago when dot, dot, dot. And I'm going to be like, yeah, I -hmm. do. And you're, and you're still rocking with me and I appreciate you. It's just, I look forward to stuff like that, like real nerdy or like one day, maybe a month ago, I said, um, for all of my fans, like at my first hundred thousand people, like I'm, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm closely approaching a hundred thousand. I'm like my first hundred thousand people. Yeah. I promise you that at some point in the future, I'm mm-hmm. going to do an event like wherever, wherever can hold a hundred thousand people. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and if you guys can prove that you were rocking with me at top 100,000, right. you're going to come away for like a night, you know, like, and, and I'll pay for it. Like get yourself to Arizona, but like your accommodation or tents or whatever, whatever it is I do. And <laughs> it's going to be like a night or two of just like fun. Like I'm going to, they might not, I might not shake a hundred thousand hands, but like, cause I'm, for, I'm still formulating it, but <laughs> yeah. in five or 10 years, you know, we're, they're going to go and there's going to be like bouncy castles and pools and like just all the liquor and whatever. And I'll throw like a, a million dollars at a huge party for like my day oneers. Yeah. 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 They got to be able to prove that, you know, somehow, Mm-hmm. Um, but like that means something to me, man. Like, if, if you if you watch any of my stuff or you send me a DM to tell me that 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 you that you enjoyed that show or that whatever I, it is that <laughs> I was in, like it means something to me. So I, I, the least I could do is reply to your message. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Dude, count us both as huge fans of your present, and also I see huge things in your future too, man. I can't wait. Thank you. Can't wait, man. You're a hundred thousand. You're in. Fucking in. right. Hundred thousand, a hundred thousand, the one hundred k, one hundred k. Free liquor. Just sorry, just before we do wrap, that there was one time that you answered my question and you actually like voice memoed it to me. It was about like finding how to make money as an actor. Oh. And uh, to this day, like I, I literally replayed it like two weeks ago because I'm like, dude, he he's he took the time to do our podcast too and everything like that and really appreciate it so thank you so much for showing your time your your generosity and you're totally grateful for it so thank you so much thank you for reaching out i was happy to come talk with you Mm -hmm. um you know i've done a i've done like a lot of press now um Mm -hmm. and 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 there there have been i'll be honest there have been times where i got off and i was like oh my god that was so bad like it was like they took the que- the exact questions from like the last interview I did and they mm-hmm. asked the exact questions. And I found myself trying to find ways to answer the exact same questions differently. Yeah. Like, this is so dry. Why? And I'm like calling my PR team to be like, yo, I'm I'm never doing that show again. No, 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 I, no, I, no, I pay you. Melissa, I'm not. Fine, Melissa, I will. 
okay, fine, I'll do it. Don't, don't, don't yell. Like, but some people are so bad. I'm like, but uh-huh. this has been dope. Like, dope uh-huh. questions and and like the content of it, it was awesome. And I, I got to say boobs at least once. You asked me about Janet Jackson. That's great. <laughs> I love boobs so much. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I mean, hey, you, you, yeah, you've been a great, great guest. Really, really getting there. Really being generous uh, with your, with your thoughts and ideas, and we, we really appreciate it. I mean, like that's essentially what where we want to get to with the podcast is is really showing that everybody has their own approach to it. Sharing your approach to making it. Not everybody's going to have the same one, but if you can get something out of this, you know, if you if something you said is able to help somebody listening and understand wanting to make it, is like yeah. that. That's what we're trying to get to. So, no, yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, if you could take one one nugget mm-hmm. away, like I say this all the time, if you could learn one thing in your day, you've 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 bettered yourself. You know, yeah. like day mm-hmm. day in and day out, you are you are moving forward. Which is why I have this thing about like hindsight being twenty twenty. I, I don't think that that's a, I think that's a made up thing for like people that want to let themselves off the hook. Because if you're making what you deem as the best choices in the now, then mm-hmm. tomorrow you're a different person. You've evolved. Right. Mm. So, so when people say, Oh, like a year ago, two years, five, that person they dated, Oh my God, hindsight's 2020. No, I, I disagree with that because <laughs> then you were a different person. You are yeah. a completely different being a year or two later. So it's not hindsight. It's simply <laughs> like you're looking at an old version of you mm. that made choices that you simply might not make today. It's not yeah. hindsight. It's, it's time travel is what you're doing. Yeah, you know I, mean? I like it. So like I always say, if you could just, if you could learn one thing, so if, if the viewers or listeners can get one nugget, then I'm, I'm happy. And if they didn't get one nugget from me, like, I don't know, man, send me a DM. I'll give you a money. Back. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> if you, you can get really, one nugget from yeah. all of that, I think they're the problem. But <laughs> uh, Josh, where can people find you, man? Yeah. Uh, at Josh Yang Comedy across um, everything. And uh, don't forget, I also do have the Sleep with Josh podcast where I, use my monotone voice to read you to sleep with dry material like the dictionary laws terms of service so you know if you if you want to listen to me read the weather i got that as well so sleep with josh podcast that's also there and uh, lucas hey what are your what are your hands uh people can find me across social media at lucas john ing last name again is two letters ng uh if you like and see what you hear please follow us at hwmiy podcast wherever you listen to your podcast and also YouTube if you want the good visual content right here. Exactly, exactly. Give it up for Jamie one more time again. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. We'll see you all next week. Yeah. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, first of all, your work ethic's going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to.